Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Have I got a treat for you, girlfriend? <laughs> Today I am talking with Jenny Allen. Jenny is the founder and visionary behind If Gathering. You may be familiar with If Gathering. She's also the uh, New York Times bestselling author of Get Out of Your Head, Stopping the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts. And that's really what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to get out of your head and how to stop that spiral of toxic thoughts. And Jenny really brings a unique and um, I think very needed perspective to where she's blended scientific research and data with a biblical perspective, which I think is such an important hybrid and, and something to look at both and how much those two things really align. It's really interesting, incredibly fascinating, the research she's done, as well as the perspective that she brings and the wisdom and the insight that she shares. So if you are anything like me and tend to uh, go down that spiral of toxic thoughts, thinking things like I'm behind in life or, oh my gosh, you know, I'm I'm not good enough for um, I why should I even try or she's 10 years ahead of me or anything like that anything like that that just leads to this downward spiral of doubt and fear and anxiety or anything like that this episode is going to bless your life so I'm not going to make you wait any longer let's dive right in you're listening to she with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Jenny Allen, welcome to She. I am so psyched to have you. Oh, it's such a gift, Jordan. I love, love, love when we get to hang out. Me too. We got to have a few minutes to catch up prior to recording, and I feel so refreshed and encouraged already. Mm. So I'm excited to get to share you with my community so that they can hear that same encouragement and just learn from you. I I know you have so much um, wisdom to bring to the table, and we're going to be talking a lot about stopping the spiral of toxic thinking and toxic thoughts today. And I think this is so timely in our culture and in our generation. And so maybe the best place to start would be tell me a little bit about what you're up to right now and the the projects you're working on, because then I think we would love to hear from your insight or a little bit of your insight on the trend that you've seen women um, experience when it comes to spiraling into toxic thinking. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like a lot of the world right now, I'm huddled in my house with my family um, in the midst of quarantine. And, you know, it's really brought a lot to the surface just for me as far as, you know, what does it look like to to have purpose and meaning in the midst of not accomplishing a lot? Mm-hmm. I 
I have days where I feel like I worked all day and I can't really look back and see the work of my hands. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think there's something really poignant right now in, in this moment for us to see the things that we've attached our identity to. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's all kind of being stripped away. And so what's, what's cool is I'm not accomplishing a lot right now. Yeah. Um, certainly, certainly I'm, I'm working and there's, there's little, glimpses of future projects that, you know, I, I outlined a, a book yesterday or two days ago. Um, but that felt like it was, you know, it was a very small drop in a bucket of a lot that needs to be be done. So I'm just kind of content right now just to kind of take the next step. And I think that the, to answer your question, the spiral that I see um, currently that we're kind of all in is just that detox of, yeah. of losing so much at once. And and having to grapple with, you know, where, where are we in this, you know, it feels like the, we, we're in the salad, you know, salad dressing shaker and like, it's just mm-hmm. getting, getting, uh, shaken. And we, and we just, it's hard to gather ourselves and figure out what does it look like, um, right now. So I would say my spiral specifically feels very chaotic where prior to the season, it was, it was more linear. Like I kind of had the same struggles and the same negative thoughts that would consume me. Currently, it feels like it could be different every day, Mm. you know? And, and so it's a unique moment, I think in time that we were able to, to really, um, you know, lose so much at once. I think there's a profound gift in that, that, Mm. that I think will cause good in our generation after this is over. It's just, it feels a little chaotic right now. Yeah, I can relate to that. I love what you said about what is my, I think, did you say my value or my worth when I'm not producing much or I'm not doing mm. much? Because that has been, I feel like the story of this year for me. And so mm. it's been, a, I feel that same, almost like a uneasiness, maybe that's the word, or like a tension that comes where I'm like, okay, a little break was great. I'm getting a little restless now. I'm a little unsure of what to do. And I had this plan and then that plan got changed. And then I had this plan and then (laughs) that plan got changed. Like it really is. I think it's my husband and I, I wrote about this not too long ago, but he and I were sitting um, just on our couch reading one Sunday afternoon and the man hardly ever cries. Like I think I've seen him cry like six times in my life and he started tearing up and I was like, well, are you okay? What's wrong? And he said, no, I'm great. I just noticed the dog laying at her feet. And I was like, okay, you know, where are you going with this? And he goes, I think it just reminded me like right now, God's just challenging us and, and in- inviting us to just sit at his feet. And I was like, okay, there. yep, now I'm crying, you know, because it's so simple, but that, like you said, we kind of spiral into our own chaos when we don't feel like we have security or a grip on something or a clear path forward it does kind of create that spiral of what am I doing? Where am I? Who am I? Am I okay? Like, what am I going to do now? You know, and that's at least what I've experienced. So I feel encouraged to know that you've experienced the same thing. Oh, I think everybody's experiencing it. We live in such, I don't even think this has anything to do with Enneagram types or personality Mm -hmm. types. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we live in a culture that is driven by, you know, this, this idea that, you know, the more you do, the more you matter. And, and I, you know, I remember being, you know, having the gift, the blessing of being in um, Europe with my husband and my family, you know, a, a year or two ago. And 
and we I remember we, we we rented a little Airbnb in a in a little bitty town, which was a nice way to do it just because you really got to experience the culture. Mm. And I really couldn't believe like how much how slow everything was, mm. how they really honor, you know, the middle of the day mm. and they really honor meals and they really honor, um, you know, togetherness. Mm. And and I just and they know each other in those small villages and it just I've never forgotten it. And I, I said when I came back, I felt like I saw an old man in Italy, like they'd already been a superpower in their day, like many yeah, generations ago. Yeah. And they've 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 had that and they've accomplished that. And they're like, you know, it's not all that. And now we're going to sit and drink our wine and be together. And mm-hmm. like that that, that, that really did. <laughs> speak to me and mm-hmm. and it and it challenged me and I came back and saw the hustle of you know I live in Dallas and it's like the the capital of hustle you know mm-hmm. and and it just was so it, it really it felt like a facade and I think to get it all stripped away is just such a gift and even though this is just such a difficult time in mm-hmm. our country and the world and there's so much suffering and there's so much fear, you know, of, yeah. of what's going to happen next and the anxiety that comes with, you know, unless you have Amazon stock or toilet paper stock, like you, we didn't, you know, nobody's sitting mm-hmm. there confident about their finances for mm-hmm. the next, you know, few years. So, mm-hmm. so it's just, there's a lot of, of swirling. And mm-hmm. yet I think in the midst of it, what I'm trying to do is just be sure that I'm right with God and be sure mm-hmm. that that my identity and, and my walk with him is, is secure, you know? With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next. And I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. 
Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. We were just talking to some friends about that, just like allowing that to be rather than you know it's so easy to kind of let fear and and feeling not enough and feeling like we're not doing enough and stuck and frustrated to kind of take over um and that's kind of been a theme of our conversation recently is but what if that's the point you know like what if that's what if ultimately it's just about letting ourselves rest in we never really had that much security to begin with, you know? And I think that's right. I, a friend and I were talking about how it's almost like God is eliminating idols in some ways, you know, kind of like what you were sharing coming back and mm-hmm. the more you do, you know, the more you are, um, or the more you matter. I think that's such a convicting mindset and, and perspective to have. So I'm thankful that you shared that. And also I love that visual of Italy and, and the, <laughs> the, the kind of the, um, the comparison because it's true it's like why do we seek and find beauty in those things but then not implement them in our lives and how do we Mm. implement rhythms in our lives to do those to to have that healthier perspective um so i appreciate you sharing that and i would love to hear um i know you just wrote get out of your head which is awesome um and i would love to hear a little bit of maybe your story behind why why this book? What experiences have you had with doubts and fears and, you know, the spiral of toxic thoughts from your own perspective? You had touched on that a minute ago about how it used to be a little bit more linear. In this season, it feels a little bit more chaotic. Um, But Mm -hmm. I'd love to just hear a little bit of your your own experience with that so that we can have a little bit of context on that too. Yeah. So for me, it came very subtly um, where I spiraled for 18 months. And the reason I wrote this book was because I came out of that season. It was a season of doubt and that led to a season of fear of death. Mm-hmm. And it, it really had a crisis of faith. And it was, it was in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. And mm-hmm. I would ask these little questions. And again, I barely noticed, I barely noticed. 
And, and it grew though into some pretty significant where it felt like my faith was slipping away and it felt, and I had a huge, I developed a huge fear of death, which I really have never had Hmm. prior to this. And so, um, but the, but the interesting thing was I never told anybody and it wasn't out of shame. It was out of just not noticing, you know, Hmm. and, and one of the things we talk about in the book is just, this is evil comes for us and, and it doesn't want to be noticed, you know, and this Mm. is how it works. And, and so I think that I came out of that season, just so passionate that Mm. this not happened to other people like that, that nobody else accidentally slips in. And yet what I saw was, Oh gosh, everyone has, you know, Mm. (laughs) I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And it's in different, different spirals. It's in different ways, but, but we, you know, if you, whether it's looking at the, the statistics of anxiety and depression, and that's just the people that have been diagnosed, mm-hmm. you know, everybody I know struggles with those two things at different points um, in, in every day almost, you know? And so, so it feels like there's a crisis for our mind and there's a war for our mind. And yet we kind of had just surrendered mm-hmm. and we were letting our thoughts govern the day. Like we had no power over them. They had all the power over us. Hmm. And that just, it made me angry. And, Mm -hmm. and once I realized that this was, you know, this was the enemy. I mean, I, I was, I was just led down a path into darkness for a long time and I let him do it, you know? And, and I just, I think it just made me vicious and fierce for, for, for people's freedom and to not, to not go down that road of, to not let other people go down that road without even noticing, because that's what had happened to me. Hmm. Wow. 18 months. So I'm curious, how did you come out of that? Was there, was it more of a gradual kind of, I don't want to say awakening, but was it a gradual process or was it something that happened? Was there like a, a moment in time or an experience that kind of jolted you to be more aware or was there any, like, what, what did that look like? Well, I think towards the end of it, it was, it had gotten dark enough and scary enough to me that I was, I was very afraid that I was, I I just, yeah, I don't know if, you know, anybody listening has ever gone through this where you really doubt your faith and you wonder if God is real, but it's not something you can just fix. Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. not something you can just, you're you're questioning something so big and it, you want to believe like that's, Mm -hmm. that was true of me the whole time. Like I wanted it to all be true. I just, I couldn't snap my fingers and, and make that happen in my own mind. And we were in Uganda, um, with a nonprofit and visiting and telling stories there. And I was with some good friends and one of them noticed that I was weeping like a little child at this simple little devotional Mm -hmm. at, at this Ugandan office. And, and she just was like, why did that get you so badly? And it had been because the verses in um, Psalms that say, um, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to Sheol, to the grave, you are there. Um, and th- that whole passage I had, that's what I would tell myself in mm-hmm. the night. And that's what I would um, recite over and over again. Well, that's what they read that morning in Uganda in the middle of nowhere. And, mm-hmm. and it had, it, it was like God just saw me in that moment. And so, you know, I braved telling my, my friends that day, um, what I was going through. And I think the power of saying it out loud and just 
naming the thoughts that I've been having, two things happen. Well, several things happen. One thing is immediately when I said it, I, I had the thought, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, like mm-hmm. I do believe in mm-hmm. God. Like I heard the lie the second it came out of my mouth. I couldn't hear it for 18 months in the dark alone mm-hmm. with the devil, but I heard it the second I said it out loud mm-hmm. that it was a lie. And then the next thing I said was, I think I've been under spiritual attack. <laughs> and, and it was like, duh, but mm-hmm. I hadn't, I couldn't see it alone in the dark. And, and so the other thing that happened is my friends went to war for me. So they, they immediately said, we are going to pray and we're going to fast. And, and they did, and they followed up and we did that. And it was, it was so powerful to have people fight for me. Mm. And, and that's, you know, I know for some people they're like, it's not as dramatic as losing my faith. Well, it didn't start that way. And I think that's what I hope people hear is, what we think about matters. In fact, Proverbs says, as a man thinketh, so he is. Mm-hmm. Like that is, mm-hmm. it's literally the most defining attribute we have is our thoughts. So, yeah. so it matters a lot. And, and I think starting to notice them, that's one practice that, that um, I really encourage people to do is just what is like to jot down your thoughts every night. What does it look like to, um, to notice what you think about, to notice what you're afraid of. And what I've heard again and again from people is when they do that practice, um, they're surprised by how many of their thoughts are negative. And so one of the approaches I took with the book was to really do the research on the science end and to see what is it that um, science tells us, because we've learned so much about the brain in the last Mm -hmm. 20 years. Um, And, and one of the things is, you know, that, 85% 85% of what we're thinking about is negative. Wow. That not 95% of what we're thinking about is repetitive from the day before. Wow. So we're thinking the same dark, toxic things over and over again, but we don't even notice. And we just go through our day. We feel our feelings. And I think a lot of us have learned to, to notice our feelings, but I don't think we notice our thoughts. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. I didn't know that. So what you're saying, just to make sure I understand, is scientifically, it's been proven that 85% of our thoughts are negative. Would you say, from what you've learned, do you know the difference if it's just negative in general, or is it negative about ourselves, or both? I think it can be, well, it depends on the personality. It's been really interesting to see people's um, mind maps. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I recently did this with a group of retailers in the book industry and it was a mix of all different ages, men, women, everything. And I, you know, it was a business meeting and I, I came to speak and I, but I had him do this and I had him read it out loud. And I mean, you can't believe how many people were teary. Mm. And, and one of the reasons why was because they didn't know what, how consumed they were with worry and fear. Mm. I would say in the, in just in that room, and I've done this with a lot of rooms, but just in that room, you know, it was, it was paralyzation about their kids. I bet you five of the people that said something, it was, I am terrified my kids or one of my kids is walking away from God. I am terrified that I'm not a good enough parent. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, other people in the room had, you know, inadequacy and fear of measuring up and doing a good job. Um, So I think, I think it can be, all kinds of things. I don't think it's always about ourselves. I think um, one thing scientifically, this is fascinating, um, I learned is in psychiatry, and this is just psychiatry 101. If, if you took the class, they'd teach you this too. It's not 
it didn't take a lot of digging to find this one. Um, but that all humans really believe one of three lies and sometimes more than one of these. And I thought that was interesting when I heard that. Cause I thought I believe like a hundred lies in a day. Like mm-hmm. you can't tell me there's only three. Right. And they were like, but almost all those lies go back to those three. So hmm. the three lies are, I am helpless. I am worthless. And I am unlovable. Hmm. Well, those three lies are, you know, if you play out. So, so mine specifically on this day with my friend that was a trained, you know, psychiatrist, psychologist and psychiatrist, she said, um, you know, I, I, and I, and I fought her hard. I was like, I just don't believe that there's no way. Um, and she said, well, let's go with just your thoughts today. What are you, what are you worried about? What are you thinking about? And it was my son. He, uh, was about to go to college at the time. And I was just so worried. I was like, he is going to, um, you know, is he going to, make good choices. Is he going to meet a girl that I like? Is he, gonna, mm-hmm. you know, all these fears. And, and somehow, you know, if he, he she was like, what are you really afraid of, of? What are you really afraid of? She just kept drilling down. And, and I was like, I guess I'm, I'm afraid he's going to like ruin his life and end up in prison. You know, that was the <laughs> end result. And he's such a good kid. And I mean, he's far from prison making decisions. And, and so anyway, it was, it was, she goes, so you feel helpless. I was like, oh, dang you. Like it, mm-hmm. it did. It came back to one of those three lies. And so I think what's helpful about writing down our thoughts is you kind of start to see a pattern and you start to see, you know what? I really am believing primarily this lie. So mm-hmm. I'm believing I'm worthless or I'm believing I'm unlovable. And as I've gotten to do this with friends and, and really in a deeper way, more than in a room full of people, mm-hmm. um, they they start to share you know my daughter and my sister and some dear friends they it's interesting they each kind of have a different one that mm. they are that they're prone to believe I really find that interesting and I find it so the three lies are I am helpless I am worthless and I'm unlovable um yeah and I can res- I, if I had to guess I would say probably when I think through the lies that I believe um kind of like what you were saying it feels like there's a hundred um it does a lot of times come back to helplessness like well, what am I going to do if, right? Or what if this goes wrong? Or I'm afraid that this will go mm-hmm. wrong. Or I'm afraid that, you know, as I'm an achiever type personality, so if something fails, that feels like a helplessness, right? Um, which mm-hmm. I guess could then be tied to the worthlessness one as well. But I think it's more so the feeling of not having control. And that seems yeah. to be kind of what you were experiencing with your son. Um, but that's so interesting. Wow. Okay. So, so we have these three types of lies that we believe and they all kind of manifest in all these different ways and eventually kind of if you really rewind it or kind of dig into it a little bit more you're likely to find that it's one of these three um so what do we do about that you know what I mean like okay we pray we believe in God we do what we do what we can but you know we hear that about taking every thought captive right identifying things and that sounds great but I think in like in practice and practically that can feel a little bit difficult to actually do right especially when those thoughts are spiraling and you have talked about the seven thought choices that we can make can you explain that Mm -hmm. a little bit because I think that's a really this is a really good place to touch on that just now that we're identifying kind of the three lies that we tend to believe well and those seven thoughts really came from I mean there's the seven thoughts in the middle of the book came from what I see our generation specifically up against. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think in every generation there's different 
And by that, I mean people alive on the earth. I don't necessarily mean an age group. I just mean Mm -hmm. those of us alive today are are fighting things uniquely that maybe, you know, 100 years ago or 50 years ago, people weren't as much fighting. And so, you know, things from cynicism, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. think every generation has been cynical. When I sit down with Zach's granddad, he's the furthest thing from cynical and he lived through you know, he was a prisoner of war in World War II in Germany. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, if anybody could be cynical, it could be him. That's just not one that they really fought, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think we're up against unique, negative, toxic thoughts that that are threatening to consume us. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted to do was play it out, right? So in the first part of the book, we talk about the method, like that we have a choice. And what does it look like to interrupt a spiral? And what are the... um what are the, you know, what's the science behind that? And what's the Bible behind that? And, mm. and both support each other. It's really fascinating that that's yeah. really clear um, mm. that, that what Bible, the Bible says is backed up by science. And so um, it was a really encouraging yeah. pursuit. I, I wondered if there would be conflict and, and there really wasn't. It, it was exactly <laughs> what Paul says of, right. you know, take every thought captive. It's possible, you know, and that's mm. what science proves. So, so what I, what I saw what were these, you know, anxiety, certainly being one of them, um, mm-hmm. victimhood. And so what I wanted to do was to play out that process of what it looks like, because it's really a choice. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be really clear that I'm not saying if you struggle with mental illness, you know, that you have a choice in that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying our patterns of thinking on a given day, we have the power, the God-given power to interrupt those things. And it's not that we can, you know, wish away depression. We've walked through that in depth. I just did a podcast about it with my husband. He walked through a very difficult, long season of depression Mm. and there's no snapping your fingers at, you know, there's no, but there are patterns and he would say this too. There are patterns of, of choices we can make that, that help. And, and I'm a believer in medicine. I'm a believer in a good psychiatrist and a good doctor, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Christian counseling, you know, I believe in all this. So, so getting that in your life, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I just want to be clear what I'm not saying. However, we do have more power than we think. And if, and what I want to dispel is this idea that we're victims to to our minds, Mm -hmm. that, that we're not victims, like that we are, we have power over our minds and, and where that passage of take every thought captive comes from is actually a really powerful it, it contains a lot of war language and it says um we demolish we have weapons divine powerful weapons that destroy strongholds and they're not of the flesh they're of the spirit and so i think we've got to be those that that fight better and that realize and then it says so we therefore we take every thought captive you know hmm. so so there's a there's a real power given to us that that we're not accessing and and that's what i hope people walk away with is just wow I have just sat down and taken it because that's how I felt. I felt like I'd just gotten beat up by the devil by myself for 18 months and I never fought back, you know, mm. and and you better believe now, like I'm in, if, if I feel that again, if I feel that come over me, which I don't very much now, I've, I've experienced a ton of healing since that time in Uganda. Um, it took time and it took, it still takes discipline, right? Um, I can feel if I just, my inputs, if I put a bad movie in that, that I I'm real sensitive to that. That's, that's one of those freedoms I just don't have. I yeah. can't watch whatever I'm kind of I want. I'm the same way. I, I actually really relate with that. 
And that's, you know, I'm not judgmental of other people at all. It's just a freedom I can't, Mm -hmm. I don't get Mm -hmm. um, in life because it just, it's a, it's a trigger for me and it's, it helps, it puts me in a spiral. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm very disciplined about my inputs. I'm very disciplined about spending time with God. I'm very disciplined about um, bringing community in fast, almost maybe sometimes annoyingly fast where I'll, you know, tell a friend what I'm thinking that day that I'm struggling with. And I mean, it may not have needed a confession that day, you know, but, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm so quick now. Cause I'm, I want to be sure that I don't allow the enemy more power than he gets in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's So cool. anyway, I think, I think it's, it's a war and we got to fight it. Yeah. I think that's powerful that you said that you identified that like something like movies could be a trigger because like you kind of mentioned, it's easy to, or tempting, or even just normal, I think, to not be aware of those things. And to be, I don't want to say passive, but in some ways, when we don't identify the things that might be setting us into a spiral, it's dangerous, and it's toxic. And so even just having the ownership and the and the ability to say, nope, that's not going to work, you know, that's clearly going to send me down this path, is huge. And I think that takes a lot of discipline. Did, what did you call it? Discipline of consumption no what did you say I love how you said it Ooh. of your inputs I think you <laughs> said disciplines of your inputs I think that's what you said good yes. thing we recorded yes. this so if anyone wants to yes. back up and check that out but um <laughs> but I but what you ultimately were getting at is the importance of what am I putting in my mind and what am I putting what am I consuming and how am I spending the time that I'm you know whether it's mm-hmm. online whether it's in person whether it's with entertainment with all of these things that have become so normalized in our culture but for some of us can be a trigger in different seasons or you know can be something that actually sends us down kind of this spiral um and I think Mm -hmm. the the choice of that like you said kind of taking some power back and not and choosing not to be a victim that doesn't mean invalidating uh what's actually happening but choosing not to be a victim is so huge and I think something that we need to be empowered to do, to choose. And Mm. I I love that you share about that. You share about the choices we have. Um, You talk about, I I don't know if you mentioned this, but I want to make sure I highlight it. You said choices to things like I choose delight and I choose to be still. Can you unpack that a little bit? Sure. So what, what this looks like is it's work. I mean, I, I wish, I wish I'd sold books that were like, you know, magic wands and like, Oh, just do this. And you're, you know, but it's like, no, there's some real patterns of, living that change our minds Mm -hmm. and and we've got to that ownership i'm talking you know i didn't i didn't share all that in uganda and get free the next day i believe it was spiritual it was physical it was emotional like i had to fight on a bunch of fronts and Mm -hmm. and that was an active process and and i think the the idea that our minds are just going to overnight change without our you know everything about our bodies is going to you know, unravel and, you know, eventually like, you know, lead to death if we don't actively take care of things, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think the same is true of our minds. We've got to actively, you know, practice, um, different patterns that are leading towards health. And, um, and so certainly, you know, stillness was our, was the first one Mm -hmm. because if we're right with God, I mean, you know, I I love A.W. Tozer's quote of, you know, put God in his rightful place and a thousand problems are solved all at once. And mm-hmm. it really is the only, um, the only clo- the closest thing to a magic wand I've got, which is just presence with God. Mm-hmm. That, that idea that, that when I'm right with God, a lot of anxiety falls away, a lot of striving, a lot of insecurity, a lot of fear, um, 
a lot of, you know, my doubt, a lot, a lot of things fall away. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is the most important thing. And so, you know, the one that fights to me is just the noise and, and the temptation, the spiral of noise is just, is really just a coping mechanism for things, other things that are bothering us, right? Like yeah. if, if we wake up and we're, you know, everything from boredom to, to, you know, depression, we, we are drawn to something that helps us cope and technology is the drug of our day, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we've got to lay that down and, and it, that really fights against stillness with God and, and presence with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and every, I think every one of the, the, the seven that are fighting for us right now in our generation have real, really specific ways we can fight back. And, and so that's kind of what, what I did was, you know, we have, it's as simple as we have a choice, right? Mm-hmm. We, we do, but, and that's a great interrupting thought, but, but then we have a choice to do what we've got to choose right. a better way. We can't just, we can't just interrupt a thought with nothing. You mm-hmm. know, we have to interrupt a thought with something. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the the hope is that the spiral changes and it moves upward. And I've seen that happen again and again in my life that, those, those emotions we feel aren't bad. They're actually gifts um, mm. to, to kind of, they're blinking lights that say, hey, pay attention to this mm. and feel this feeling and, and notice what it is and what where it's coming from and and let's do work here because yeah. those feelings are great gifts that, that show us we're thirsty and hungry for God and hungry for community and mm. hungry for the things that he built for us to consume that, that we were built for, not... Mm you know, not the things we necessarily crave, but they're the things that make us whole and well. Hmm, That's good. That's good, Jenny. Okay. (laughs) I'm over here very convicted. So I appreciate this. It's very true. And I think a very needed conversation. One thing I want to ask about too, just from the perspective of, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, just how it and what it looks like to be a leader. It, you know, you were sharing how you lead a massive organization. I lead a team. You know, we we lead whether it's in our communities, in our homes, in our businesses, in our organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I think what can be challenging is when we get into the position of leader, small group leader, you know, organization mm-hmm. leader, business leader, whatever. Um, it can be difficult to allow ourselves to be human and to Mm. wrestle through and work through those thoughts because we're looked at as having this position of leadership. Right. And so, I mean, I know in my own life, it's been a, it's been a challenge to identify um, and battle kind of some of those spirals. And so I'm just curious what you would speak into someone who may find themselves in a leadership position um, when it comes to kind of battling and overcoming their own toxic thinking, their own mm-hmm. toxic spirals um, in a way that's healthy, in a way that doesn't feel like they have to hide. I love that story you shared about in Uganda where that became a moment where you had to really own that and say, okay, this is what's happening. I need to identify that. I need to speak it out. Um, and mm-hmm. from there came healing. But I would just love if you can, maybe the last thing we can talk about briefly is just what would you say to someone who has a, any kind of leadership position, feels a little bit stuck and, and like they're struggling, but do, doesn't really know who to talk to about that or what to do first. And maybe even feel some shame around that. Like I shouldn't be struggling with this. That makes me sad really, because I think there's just, there's, there's such bondage and mm-hmm. a facade and, and everybody's struggling. Mm-hmm. And so what a lie, what a great lie from the enemy. What a great lie mm-hmm. is you can't tell anybody or you can't, you can't truly be known because that's just 
that's just a prison. Mm-hmm. And, and I would just say there is no secret dark enough that Jesus isn't powerful over. And there's no secret dark enough that you can't tell. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always freedom. I, I, I remember, um, when I was headed into, you know, a meeting with a publisher for the first time and, and I was really reluctant to, to do all this. I, I just, to do the writing and the speaking, I just, at that point in my life, I was just a, mainly a big wimp, but also I was just, I loved my people. I just loved, I wanted to be known and loved. I didn't want to be on a platform or a pedestal. Like I, I didn't want to be lonely. You know, I mean, really, that was like, I look back at that and I'm like, and I remember having a day where a lot of my dearest friends like prayed over me before I went to that. And I just cried so hard because I thought there was this fear in me that I would just lose being like normal and just (laughs) messed up. And like, I I don't know, because I put people on a pedestal that did the things I did. And, Mm. and so I remember my husband just saying, Jenny, you can either like do this as the fancy version of yourself, or you can do this as as you. Hmm. And that was so freeing. And it still is. I've just, you know what, if, if, if this stuff helps people, great, but I'm not going to change. I'm not going to self-protect and I'm not going to be different for everybody publicly than I am privately. And I'm going to write about my dark night of the soul. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be, I'm not going to stay on the pedestal. Like I'm going to step off of it and crush it and just be, and then if nobody follows me, that's okay too. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I was fine. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't, I couldn't stand a life where I wasn't known and where I didn't have people um, up close to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing a leader one time say like one of the, her sacrifices in ministry was that she just didn't have friends. Like she just didn't have time for it. And she didn't, it just, her friendships had changed. And I was like, that's not going to be, I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. And so to anybody listening that just feels like, it's one or the other, like you can be respected or you can be known and loved. I would just say, go for the known and loved, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go for the known and loved. And, and, and if, you know, God will promote whatever. I mean, he just, he doesn't, in fact, he's great. He's very, very gifted at using weakness mm-hmm. to, to help people grow. So I, even now I, I believe it's probably, most of what he's used in my life to minister to people. So the irony, but at the beginning, it was just this, it was just the fear. It was just the fear of, of having to pretend. Mm -hmm. And I would just say that's, I just think you have to treat it like it's just not an option. I'm never going to forgo being known. Mm -hmm. And, and that is, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, and God doesn't need us to be awesome. Like he really is awesome. And he, he's okay that you sin and he, he, he's not okay with the sin, but he, he's okay that you're weak because he can cover it if we go to him and we're honest about it and we live in the light and, mm. and that's what he wants, you know? Yeah. I, I love that you said that. And I would even add to it, you know, when you choose to be known and loved first, I think respect follows when you're aiming only for respect and you forego being known and loved or being authentic and, and keeping your healthy circle, you know, that is small. Um, that's outside of that's human right. leading. I think sometimes when we get into leadership positions, even if they're not on any kind of public platform, it can be so easy to get so caught up with the duties and the expectations and the work of that, that we 
And I've, I've, I've been guilty of this in the past where I'm just not as available for my people, you know, and because I'm, the work has to be done, you know, and I think after a little bit of time with that, it was such a conviction in my heart of, no, you know what, this is not sustainable, nor is it healthy, nor do I even really like it. Like, <laughs> I don't think this is how it's exactly. supposed to be. And it became no. this kind of undoing, if you will, and doing less to be able to be available more. And in that process, I found as much as, you know, I knew, okay, I don't know if everyone's going to, if I, I don't know what this is going to mean for my leadership and for what I'm doing from building a company and for building a brand and doing these other things. But I know that that has to be a priority or I'm not going to be able to sustain the building process. And what's been so interesting mm. is through that choice, yes, there was some confusion. Yes, I, had, I experienced pushback as we all do. And whatever, whenever we're walking in our calling, I always, I believe that we will face resistance. Like that's just the reality of being a human. Um, but what I found was I actually gained the respect that I think I was trying to get by ju just aiming for that, by actually making that, like that became the byproduct of just being a human. Mm -hmm. I think the best mentors and leaders own their humanness, you know, and, and own their mutual, yeah. like they find common ground in our mutual humanity and allow themselves to be known, loved and seen. And I think the more that we step into that, the act, we actually get the very thing that we spend so much time putting up a facade trying to get. Mm. And I think every leader needs to hear that because otherwise we end up living this kind of false, this false level of respect. That's not even really from a genuine place, you know, and we're chasing that. So I love that you said that it's not really something we have to choose, but choose being known and loved first and everything will follow. Well, and let me say one thing about what you're saying, because there's a, there's a, there's an ingredient in this that mm -hmm. we're both not saying, but mm -hmm. we both have in our lives mm -hmm. that makes it all work and it's submission. Mm -hmm. And I know people hate that word, but that word, whether that's to a small group of people that that you've put yourself under or a boss or elders or for me, my husband, um, that is the thing that has protected me from, you know, because there are days that you want the pedestal and mm -hmm. you want everybody cheering and you want everybody liking you, certainly. Mm -hmm. And I think having people in your life, what you're saying, that you submit to you, that you say, hey, what am I not seeing about the decisions I'm making and the way I'm living and what do you, it just, it brings conviction quicker mm -hmm. and it causes, in fact, I don't know that it could come without that in my life. Mm -hmm. Like that's where my conviction largely comes from because we don't see ourselves soberly and we need people in our lives that, that do that. And yeah. so, you know, not pretending with a few people that call, that call your, you know, you know what, then mm -hmm. that, that helps. Mm -hmm. it, it brings about that quicker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man, so much goodness, so much wisdom. Jenny, thank you for opening up so much and for giving us such practical um, and honest ways to pers to tackle this struggle and to be thinking about it and to um, guard ourselves against it, to really have courage and to have the strength to focus on not only what matters most, but to also choose not to be a victim and take some steps to actually make that happen in our lives. Where can the listeners find you? Where can they find your book? How can they dig into this more if this is really resonating? Yeah. So it's JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com. And that's everything. You can find the book. You can find, um, I mostly hang out on Instagram. Um, that's where I do a lot of life. So yeah, come, come say hi. Awesome. Thank you so much. You are a blessing. I am so thankful to have your example and your words and your wisdom in our life and now getting to share that with my community. I so appreciate it. Thank you, friend. Great hanging out.
I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.